All right, everyone, welcome back. This is number around 20, I'm, I'm losing count, uh, of Masari's unqualified opinions. Okay. And very excited in uh, short order. It came together, we haven't seen each other in a couple of years, and then somehow the biggest news weekend of the year uh, in terms of your name coming up, uh, uh, we somehow managed to get this on the calendar in a couple of hours. So uh, appreciate you being accommodating with your time. Uh, Jonathan Levin and I have known each other for about oh, five, four, five, four or five, five years, years right? Uh, I remember meeting in, in Cambridge back, in when I was, back when I was gainfully uh, unemployed and talking about a lot of the shenanigans at the time related to Mount Cox. Um, and obviously come a long way. Uh, Chainalysis just uh, announced a couple weeks ago their Series B, $30 million uh, round red, led by Excel, among others. Um, but uh, more recently was uh, part of the conversation related to a controversy with Coinbase and their acquisition of Neutrino. And namely, um, we had heard that the data model from Chainalysis and other blockchain analytics vendors had recently changed and Coinbase may have made that acquisition of, of Neutrino, at least in part, due to uh, some of the policy changes that, that you guys made. So um, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack here, but uh, for starters, I think it's probably helpful to tell people what Chainalysis is and kind of where you fit in the ecosystem because it's not like you guys advertise broadly given the demographic that you sell to. So, so uh, what is, where is the company today um, and, and you know, what is kind of the core suite of services you guys provide to exchanges or, or you know, just other folks that need compliance solutions for, for Bitcoin or other blockchains? Yeah, sure. So essentially uh, the mission behind Chainalysis is completely unchanged since the beginning of the company. Essentially, we serve clients information about how and why people use cryptocurrencies. The people that are interested in that are interested in uh, preventing money laundering, either from investigation standpoint, which is our software that we sell to governments, uh, but also to cryptocurrency businesses and financial institutions. We sell transaction monitoring software, uh, which helps them identify high-risk activity. And is all of the data that you collect on-chain information, so it's wallet-specific, address, funds flow, uh, is, is basically the way you can think about it. Yes, so we never need to know who is transacting. Mm -hmm. We just need to know why people are transacting. Mm -hmm. So are people sending money to another exchange or are they sending money to a darknet market? You guys have been at this for a while, so the graph has obviously gotten much more sophisticated and in-depth. How do you think about monitoring transactions from uh, a We were not hit by a meteor, we're still here, um, but uh, just trying to deal with my iPhone settings. Jody saw me put the do not disturb sign on, so I can, I, I, can, I, can, I, I can vouch for that. I'm not sure exactly what happened. So you guys track explicitly blockchain transaction history, you've developed quite the social graph over the years. Um, do you think about like percentage of network volume that you're tracking? Do you have specific nodes that you try to track? What What is kind of the key metric that your customers look for when they're tracking transaction histories? Yeah, ultimately our customers rely on us to identify both good activity and high risk activity. Mm -hmm. So you want to know if you're transacting with another exchange or whether you are transacting with a .NET market. And we can identify thousands of services that are used by people who use cryptocurrency to tell you why people are transacting. And so we benchmark ourselves on knowing a certain amount of information about 
fund flow. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, in for example, say something like Bitcoin, we can identify a counterparty on either side of about 80% of transactions. And uh, I guess the primary focus when it comes to AML is how many of those transactions ultimately make it to the dark web marketplaces or are just completely off the books, things that move from a Coinbase wallet outside of the mesh or, or into a dark wallet that you guys are not necessarily familiar with? Yeah, so essentially it's actually the responsibility of our customers to have their own risk appetite. Mm -hmm. So exchanges will determine what types of services are they uncomfortable about, what are their thresholds, and we allow them to make those determinations. Right now it's just Bitcoin? Have you so guys we, factored in other blockchains? Because that was another thing that kind of came to uh, light was uh, at least Coinbase was ostensibly looking to cover more blockchains and they were looking to do it more quickly. Um, and it was one of the reasons for Neutrino. You guys have been historically focused on the Bitcoin graph in particular because that's where all the money has been. Yeah. What's the next step in terms of other blockchains? So we, so we do support other blockchains as well. So we are um, supporting Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Litecoin. We are also launching products for uh, stable coins uh, that are out in the market. That's both for our KYT product but also for investigations. KYT being know your transaction. KYT being know your transaction. Uh, and I think that's a little bit of a, maybe a, a misunderstanding of what types of transaction you guys collect. It's address specific. You guys aren't looking for actual customer information. Yes, we so know. It's, it's much different than KYC that you'd have from a compliance vendor that's looking for your passport and, and everything else. Yeah, I say KYC plus KYT equals a comprehensive compliance program. So you, cryptocurrency, so, but we do not okay. cover the KYC element. We don't collect who is transacting. Mm -hmm. What we are trying to do is give cryptocurrency businesses the ability to understand why their users are using cryptocurrency, what other services they're interacting with. And look, this is never going to be popular necessarily with like the hardcore libertarian crowd because your forensics are good enough that you can trace back transactions uh, to I guess individuals or companies, but you know, at scale, you can help law enforcement or, or others um, identify the people. Uh, yeah. That, so that, we, that so we, so we, so we actually trace back to service level mm -hmm. attribution. So, which exchanges are people using in their transactions? We actually don't identify the individuals. That's it's, on the exchanges. The exchanges are regulated with anti-money laundering regulations where they have to know their customer, they have to be able to identify their customers and report suspicious activity. So when law enforcement use our product, they may identify which exchange was used in a particular set of transactions and then that is, they are then served legal process mm -hmm. to understand which individual was responsible, but it's on the onus is on the exchange to actually identify those individuals. That information is never shared with chain analysis. Now, where the rubber seems to meet the road here uh, is in the terms of service, this concept of give-get data licensing. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and what that means in the context of chain analysis uh, and just data licensing in general? Because this is not probably a foreign concept to, to most people, but um, it if, if there was a change made, it would be a pretty major one where uh, in order to participate with a vendor like Chainalysis, 
the uh, client would have to basically relicense freely their their not their customer data, but at least their transaction data in this case. Yeah. So, in essence, this is not a change, and there's not really a give get model in what we have. When customers use our KYT product, they screen all of their transactions with us for high risk activity. Mm -hmm. We then use that information to complement our own research of mapping addresses to services so that people can best understand risky activity on the blockchain. Were there any changes to the terms of service that you had with major customers? What, 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 what changed, I guess, uh, in the last you know, few months or six months in terms of what the data licensing rights were? So, so, with, we, with so, so we released KYT, which is our product that is and this automated transaction monitoring. It was actually released in April 2018. Okay. Um, were there any changes to the terms of KYT's uh, service or was there a slow rollout? I, it seemed like um, the uh, from from what we had learned, there it seemed like there was a sudden shift, uh, right? I don't know if that if maybe sudden and <laughs> in compliance terms is April 2018, uh, you know, almost a year, but it seems like something had kind of shaken things up, and and, and I'm curious what uh, if anything had been done on on your end or other vendors because we heard it was multiple vendors um, made similar changes. Uh, that could have you know, caused any disruption. So, so I obviously can't speak to uh, any other vendors in the space. For us, KYT is an automated transaction monitoring solution where you have to run your transactions through our API in order to be screening in real time for potentially suspicious activity. We have always had the policy that we would then use that information in order to complement our own research and provide that to our clients. Mm -hmm. um, as, as you move forward, it, uh, there, there's other blockchains to consider, obviously, to, to have this uh, comprehensive solution. The, the UTXO model is totally different from uh, Ethereum's account-based model. And I know that there are other services that are specifically looking at Ethereum, and, and you can kind of extrapolate that out for you know, maybe who knows how many uh, other blockchains or, or data structures. Um, it seems like it's apples to apples technically for you guys. Are 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 you going to be primarily Bitcoin um, for the foreseeable future? How do you how do you anticipate like uh, moving over and having a more comprehensive solution? Or does it matter at this point because you know Ethereum is going to be a different blockchain in so <laughs> one two years or whenever this ultimately goes live? Um, so the way that we think about it is very much around tracking the economic weight of what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's not completely free for us to just add cryptocurrencies after cryptocurrencies. We have to take our time to be able to gather information about the services that are offered on those blockchains and, and why people use those blockchains. So we, we take it very carefully about releasing new tokens, coins, onto our compliance and investigation products. But, but technically speaking, it's, the, technically, it's, it's traditionally been UTXO focused. Yeah, but we also offer Ethereum, uh, so we are more recently. more recently considering, essentially I think about transactions as mm -hmm. the model that we're interested in. And those transactions could be account-based or they could be UTXO-based. 
Is, is Lightning truly private? Because I'd have to imagine that you guys will be able to spin up nodes the same way that you do in, in any other network and ultimately hop between transactions and, and get at least some statistical sense for what's going on, on on the Lightning network for Bitcoin. So I think that any type of transactions that you're making on public blockchains has information that's contained that, that people can understand somewhat of what's going on. And Lightning's no different to that. So non-answer. Non, non non-answer. <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, so Lightning is, is one privacy solution for Bitcoin maybe, uh, or at least you know, people think that it might be. Um, there are ultimately other blockchains uh, like Zcash that have a hybrid approach where you can look at you know, view keys or, or, or shielded addresses. Yep. Um, and then you've got others where you know, folks are, are talking about totally obfuscating uh, transactions. Um, as you uh, rank order privacy solutions, what, what, what would make the life of a vendor like Chainalysis uh, more, most difficult, right? So from, we can probably come up with a workaround here to this is basically impossible to track. How do you think about the, um, some of the proposals that are on the table for Bitcoin, whether it's confidential transactions or Dandelion or um, uh, a few others? or um, Zcash or something like um, Monero, where you've got ring signatures embedded into the core protocol. Yeah, so it, it's pretty tough to rank order them because there's not a universal comparison that you can make between these different things. They're, they're very, they're architecturally very different and will have eventually different ways that people can gain insights. Ultimately, the more information that is actually contained within the blockchain, the easier it is for people to understand what is happening on those blockchains. Uh, but I can't think of like a very good way to uh, advise one privacy protocol or another. We look at all of them. Is that, um, is that something that poses a risk uh, to Bitcoin or any other asset when it comes to a, uh, an acceptance standpoint within regulated financial entities? Because uh, if you had a truly anonymous cur currency, I, I think uh, what people don't understand, maybe, uh, you know, we've been behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, if Bitcoin was truly private right now, I don't know that it would be <laughs> where, 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 it, where is. it is. I don't know that a lot of these companies would have banking solutions. Um, is is there a limit to how private these blockchains can get? Uh, maybe not in the long term, but in the medium term, where uh, they still can become accepted in even a limited extent um, by regulated financial institutions. I'm not sure if it's just the degree of the degree of privacy. It, it, it may also be the rate of adoption of those technologies and you know, what sort of market opportunity and risk profile they represent. I think in a lot of ways, you might also have a situation where there is a lot more manual compliance effort that you would have to do in order to be able to justify that you understand where someone's money came from in those protocols. Whereas in a more transparent blockchain, something like Bitcoin, you can demonstrate that clearly you have a good understanding of what your customers are doing with their Bitcoin. You have an automated solution in place and you can do compliance almost better than you can do in, in the normal currency world.
If you have something like Dandelion, though, and, and, and every single transaction by default is, is starting to hop between you know, a few different nodes, one of which might be Etchy Analysis known or, or, or another uh, analytics um, company, but it's still getting obfuscated, right? Um, and by design, it should be going through different hops every single time there's a new transaction. So you can't necessarily pinpoint these transactions. Um, so we only deal with, so for compliance, we, we deal with address level. We're looking at value transacted between different addresses. But if you're, if, with the KYT product, for yeah. instance, right? So a, a transaction from Coinbase, a user decides to withdraw funds, it bounces between multiple wallets. You don't know, ultimately know where it ends up. So you can't get that last mile the way that you maybe previously could. Um, and, and you know, maybe historically, a user might have been able to use some obfuscating uh, scheme or, or technology, but uh, if it's done by default, now you can't really flag suspicious transfers uh, nearly as well, and, and you can't very easily even track wallet-to-wallet -wallet transfers between entities that might already be uh, surveilled or, or you know, analyzed, however you guys define it in your, <laughs> right. in your marketing language. I would say, I would say surveilled is, is probably a fair, fair word. But um, how, uh, how does that break the value of uh, some of the solutions, particularly on the AML side? Um, or is it you know, just a best efforts uh, initiative for you where you're still able to monitor outflows and inflows and, and kind of net flows uh, and put the onus on the exchanges themselves to, to finish the rest? I mean, ultimately this is an industry problem we need to show to regulators and the financial institutions that we have good ways of preventing the abuse of cryptocurrencies by illicit actors. And so if the industry is able to come up with standards and can convince regulators and banks that this is the appropriate amount of effort, we have a, a decent amount of insight into how and why people are using cryptocurrencies, uh, we'll see cryptocurrencies and financial institutions continue to get closer together and you'll see sort of more of the institutionalization of crypto. You, final question, uh, you've talked about entities a lot, right? Um, not tracking individuals. I can see not tracking individuals that are clients of an exchange necessary. So you're not, you're not peering through and getting personal identifying information about a, an exchange's or a wallet's customers per se. Yeah. But I have to imagine that you have a pretty robust list of individuals with known addresses, particularly if they're reusing addresses or if it's just known from something that you could scrape on the web. Um, do you track any individuals and, and whale accounts, or um, is it truly just a business surveillance solution? Because um, it strikes me there's a lot of value to be had if you can also de-anonymize certain individuals. So we. We do track different sort of types of activity on the blockchain. We've, we've demonstrated that we can understand cyber criminal networks uh, as well as show big hodlers or not the individuals who sit behind those accounts, but rather these are accounts that have sat for a long time with a decent amount of Bitcoin in them. That's information that's on the blockchain for everyone to see. So we do, we do, we do track that. There is a certain amount of information that's also on the web that anyone can look at. Where uh, where's Chainalysis in a few years? 
Chainalysis is going to continue to understand the most about how and why people use this technology. And I think that that will continue to build trust that cryptocurrency is a good way to transfer value across the world. Johnny, thank you so much. Good to see you. And thank you all uh, for those that are tuning in for, for part two. You know, I ran 10 blocks to make this meeting on time because awesome. we, got, we, we, got, we got a tight window. So thank you for dealing with the, the sweat and, uh, and the, the two different takes that we had here. We're going to edit this and we're going to make it uh, nice and neat and uh, be available for, uh, for podcast consumers in just a short amount of time. So um, if you missed the first part, uh, there is a part one preamble of a few minutes that actually gives a little bit of context so you're not going to get at the beginning of this episode. But um, we're, we're, we're figuring it out as we go along. I believe this is probably going to be the last Unqualified Opinions beta episode. Uh, we've got some, some new processes in place for next week, and we're going to be streaming this out and professionalizing it a bit. Thanks maybe, to maybe get a second iPhone. Thanks, thanks to uh, some some excellent guests like uh, like Jonathan, who can give real time advice and make a lot of sense. Like, why don't you just get another fucking iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks again, uh, and uh, we'll do this soon. Next time you guys have an announcement, or there's just a major controversy that you guys get tossed in the mix uh, why, over why, over a holiday weekend. Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just chat more often? Yeah, that that works too. We'll do the next one off camera though. Okay. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, peace.